0: Good morning, communists.
1: Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Communists, anarchists, uh, everybody over here on the left side of the spectrum.
0: Exactly. We're back with one of our most precious segments, which is Cat Watch.
1: Oh, hell yeah. What's your cat doing?
0: News from the cat front. This is a story from a few days ago. I was laying on the couch and my new cat, whose name is Higgins, he is a black cat, perfect goblin prince, just a mess. (laughs) He's very slutty, so he was like on top of me, just like we're having the best cuddles. And Mm. then he looks up and my desk is like behind my couch and then behind the desk is my chair and Remy was in the office chair. He looks up and sees Remy and like kinda does like like a jump and then he bites me and runs away like he's embarrassed to be caught with me.
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't hanging out with the humans.
0: You know, I hate humans. Fuck them. <laughs> I was so mad.
1: Well, maybe he was like feeling kind of aggressive toward Remy and mm. they did redirected aggression, you know. He's <laughs> like, Remy's way over there, but you're right here. You're right Bite. here. <laughs> and then takes off. <laughs>
0: yeah. I still can't tell if they're friends or not. They, they play fight. It's a work in
1: progress. They're rivals, you know.
0: <laughs> they are rivals. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we talking about today?
1: Today we're going to be doing a reading. Hell yeah! And uh, it's on a topic that we really haven't dived into ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say this is kind of one of our blind spots.
1: Yeah, and more broadly, I think it's it's gen- it can be a blind spot on the left sometimes um, if you're not you know aware if you're not centering that and like uh i don't know paying attention to other movements and stuff
0: yeah today we'll be reading capitalism and disability selected writings by marta russell and the section we'll be reading is actually available online just kind of google it and you'll find the chapter available so yeah
1: yeah and we can put a link in our show notes as well definitely also if you want to follow along with our notes you can join the patreon put some of that money toward your comrades in mutual aid hell yeah uh, and you'll be able to follow along with our notes
0: so before we get going i wanted to do just a real quick rundown on who marta russell is uh i found her while originally researching for this episode i was like i don't know anything about like disability rights like who knows Mm -hmm. things and her name came up a couple times so I, i did some searching and i found this reading so I couldn't find a lot on her biography. I think, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Very short Wikipedia page. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. But she seems really cool. So she was born in 1951 in Mississippi, and she was born with cerebral palsy, which kind of just progressed Mm. as she got older. Okay. She worked in LA as a visual effects artist, most notably on Tron, like the original Tron movie.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm like.
0: For visual effects, that's a great way to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Had your work cut out for you. That's cool. That's awesome.
0: And then she started getting more and more involved with disability rights as her cerebral palsy progressed. And Mm -hmm. she got involved with ADAPT, originally called Americans Disabled for Accessible Public Transit. And now it's American Disabled for Attendant Programs Today. I think it gets mentioned in the reading, right? ADAPT.
1: I believe so.
0: Yeah. So we'll come back to them. So she got more and more into photography and writing and journalism. Um, She co-produced a documentary called Disabled and the Cost of Saying I Do. And she wrote Beyond Ramps Disability at the End of the Social Contract and Capitalism Disability, which is what we'll be reading from today.
1: Awesome. So yeah, one of the leading um, disability rights advocates in her time, I believe she's passed on. And... This reading, yeah, is by Marta Russell and in a kind of selection edited by Ravi uh, Malhotra. And it's from 2002, so it's a little dated. Um, and we, it's a point so we can kind of update some of the, like, the numbers specifically and things like that.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, I really liked this reading, spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> One <laughs> yes, of the things
0: I right. read about her was that she says she is left not liberal and I'm like, well, you already got me. <laughs> and this reading is definitely in that same vibe.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) certainly it's not messing around with liberal bourgeois reformism as its goal
0: yeah i really like how it kind of sets up that difference too Mm -hmm. within the the scope of disability rights and activism
1: yeah so let's get into it from the top then let's do it we start out with kind of a discussion of the definition of disability Mm -hmm. which i mean i think needs to be at the top because a lot of people coming to this myself I'm talking about myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> d- you know, don't don't really get why that's a question. It's like, okay, well, you're either disabled or you're not and like it's pretty obvious like you either have a quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. body or you don't. You have something ru- quote wrong with you, right?
0: yeah so we did a little bit of crowdsourcing for this episode and i i asked around like on twitter and instagram what people wanted to know about and a lot of people brought up mental disabilities which is something ah, we don't yeah. think about as much like mm-hmm. and anything from like being like mentally disabled in like what you normally would think about sense, um mm-hmm. and then also like things like mental illnesses or autism and like it's just there's a broad spectrum of disabilities like i think a lot of people just think like wheelchair that's it and that's not necessarily just it
1: what they call that is centering like mobility Mm -hmm. disability like
0: i mean because it's the most like visibly obvious one probably
1: right yeah and it's just what i guess what comes to mind for a lot of people uh but yeah like you said there's a there's a broad spectrum of it and so when we get into the definition of that russell kind of puts this dichotomy of a biological definition is not a good idea. Like it it, it's, mm-hmm. it, focuses on like trying to fix or like make whole again disabled people. And like there's something wrong with you that needs to be like brought back to regular person, you know, yeah, versus definitely. like this is how you are and that's okay and let's make the world right for you and, and, and something that you can take apart in.
0: I, I love how she sets up basically the idea of society chooses to make people the problem instead of like the environment they're in. And that's everywhere from like jobs to homes to whatever kind of things they're trying to navigate. Like, I remember I saw this, gosh, I can't remember where it was, but I saw this image of like somebody's house and it was just like totally fitted for a wheelchair user. Like all the counters were lower and like everything was just adapted to them. And like, that's great. Like, why can't we just do that?
1: yeah and the cool thing i think about like accessibility in that way whether for people with mobility conditions or 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 whatever uh however you're making it more accessible is like usually it's going to be more accessible to everyone
0: yeah so i heard that as well i think it was uber or maybe lyft Mm -hmm. one of those they had like a a version of their app for deaf drivers and It just like flashes at you and stuff whenever you need to do something instead Mm, of like speaking out loud and it turns out like non-hearing impaired people were using it too because they just didn't want to talk to their passengers (laughs) which i'm like i mean that's a mood i feel that (laughs) (laughs) for Um, sure so yeah usually when we make these changes like even ramps i was reading about that in um invisible women those are also really useful for people who are carrying strollers or, you know, grocery carts and, you know, all kinds of other things. So, like, yeah, when we improve things for some people, it'll probably improve things for everybody.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think that's one of the keys here is that this, I don't know, we'll get into it a little more about how people criticize the demands of mm-hmm. disability rights advocates and and why that's stupid, why, why it's bad to oppose us.
0: I, I want to go back to the making the people a problem, I think for me as like a queer person and as a fat person, like that super rang home with me. The idea of like, you're outside of normal, so that's a problem, Mm. we need to fix that. And especially like the medicalization being a problem, like Mm -hmm. someone interested in gender and how that affects people, like that is definitely a thing and we're seeing that more and more
1: yeah yeah looking to like a cure get back to normal
0: Mm-hmm. and like having a very strict medical definition of gender like all that shit it's it's a problem
1: <laughs> yes yeah for sure again initially we're, we're talking about definitions and, and saying that the point of the article i think is moving past that biological definition saying okay well what would it look like if we look at this through labor relations? If we look at this through like a social category, disability as something that society creates as a definition, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, well then let's look at how does that play out in history? If we're ever saying society creates it, well then how did that come to be?
0: Yeah. I thought this was a really interesting take, very materialist basically saying that like, Mm -hmm. as we moved into pure wage labor, being disabled became a problem. I mean, it was a problem before in, like, a different way, but it became more of, like, a, well, you can't do X amount of, you know, Y in this amount of time, so, like, you're not gonna be able to work.
1: Yeah. They talk about in feudalism, pretty much disabled people could usually contribute in some way. That is was because uh, there hadn't ar- arisen this factory system of, like, regimenting labor, mm-hmm. division of labor, everything, where it's, like, some guy with a stopwatch sitting there watching you like you got to do it th- this fast right yeah it was more like especially agricultural societies and stuff like the flow of time was more cyclical circular and there were times when you had to do a lot of work and not a lot of work and so definitely you know, people yeah. who couldn't do like you know as much work as anyone else it was fine you could still like contribute and nobody was going to be like you know fuck you you know
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there was always like some task, like, I don't know, carding wool or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about old timey tasks, but, <laughs> but yeah, there was like harvest time and like, yeah, that's a very physical job. And then there's just like, you're just chilling in the wintertime. Like what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, we're mostly talking about movement disabilities, but like mm-hmm. people still had the same disabilities they have today. It's just, we don't really hear about them because the only history they ever write usually is about the rich people. That's true. So, I mean, these people still existed and they still, you know, were getting by. Uh, But the author talks about how in the introduction of capitalism, the owners of the means of production. So the capitalists, right? The restaurant owners, the factory owners, whoever, you know, the business guys. Mm -hmm. They now start getting to basically define disability in terms of being below the norm that they set up in terms of productivity.
0: Yeah, basically like, okay, you can't meet this standard, so I'm not gonna hire you. So yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's a I mean, it's a matter of profit. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of their bottom line. And again, but my boss is nice, but this one <laughs> capitalist is nice. But they give so much money to chair. Okay, that's fine. They can be a good person. They can be nice to you. But they are still like as a in their class in charge of their company pathologically driven toward profit or they fail.
0: Yeah. I mean this tension comes up again and again between basically the need for profit and the need to basically exploit people for that profit.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's dependent on that. And so we'll get into this when we start talking about the disability rights movement is that while that's, it's kind of a fight for inclusion in, you know, in this profit making in this exploitative system so you are now treated you know you're you're included great but
0: (laughs) it's a bad one to be included in i'll stay home
1: right you know it was bad to be excluded from too, in a way but like the problem is the system not
0: yes i mean
1: the discrimination is bad and we should fix it but also let's move past that too
0: sounds familiar because when you think about like liberal inclusion in general that's always the goal is like hire more you know you know, black women CEOs. And it's like, yeah, sure, you should do that. But also, like, how about we don't have CEOs?
1: (laughs) Yeah. We'll see this in the move from disability rights activism to disability justice. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the more modern umbrella term for it.
0: Cool. Let's keep going. So when we talk about, like, I don't want to say that, like, inclusion just straight up isn't important, obviously. Or that rights in general are important. Because, like, we see as that industrialization happens, and as like you have people who are now unable to provide for themselves, like they're devastating consequences. And this reading yes. goes over them. Things like workhouses, asylums, prisons, colonies, involuntary mm-hmm. sterilization, like that was crazy. They said, uh, by 1938, 33 American states had sterilization laws. And between 1921 and 1964, over 63,000 disabled people were involuntarily sterilized. That's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is, and I mean, what it comes from—that seeing people as less, seeing mm-hmm. people as not not fully human or not fully worthy of whatever rights that you have. I, yeah, I, I think you're you're definitely correct to say like rights are important, and we don't want to be. And we're not opposed to that, obviously.
0: <laughs> no one <long laughs> should have rights.
1: We just don't think that they should be the limit of your horizons you shouldn't limit yourself to bourgeois rights within yeah yeah a capitalist system you should fight for them demand them say fuck you to anybody who wants to deny those to you but like that's not it that's not the only thing
0: i think my thing is is that it's fascinating in like a grotesque way how quickly ultra capitalism always pivots right back to eugenics it's just (laughs) insanely so (laughs)
1: it's like that's just you know a, a, a slight step upward or something
0: yeah yeah i mean it's it's what the fucking it's what people say all the time it's like well it's supposed to survival of the food you know like fucking social darwinism it's like do you know where that goes right like do you hear yourself
1: yeah and you know it's i think it's funny because the social darwinists and and uh, just the ruthless marketeers right The people who are like, well, that's the free market. That's just Mm -hmm. what, you know, if you're on the streets and you die, so what? Those sorts, right? Mm -hmm. These people only really like that system when it's benefiting them, when they're (laughs) the ones on top. Yeah. Uh, Look at today. I mean, and don't want to date us too much, but like we're in a tight (laughs) labor market and everybody's like, oh, nobody wants to work. Nobody, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're whining that the workers won't get to work and exploit themselves. But I mean... Why That's would the you free labor market, man? Yeah, like yeah, you should it. say, <sighs>
0: "Oh, if it's the free market, then maybe that employer should make themselves more enticing." Like, come mm, on,
1: who no, knows? Yeah, <laughs> weird, weird how that works. <laughs>
0: weird, super weird. Ugh. Okay, what's next?
1: All right, so yeah, the article continues. It's kind of historical outline going through after World War II and the expansion of the welfare state.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I thought this was interesting because it lays out like a pro and a con. The good thing being that there's more provision of social services by the state. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, the state is like all up in your business trying to say, hey, are you disabled? Hey, this is what it means to be. Hey, here's what we're going to do for you. Here's what you have to, you know, prying.
0: And I think that's even, like, even more increased medicalization, increased, basically just lack of privacy.
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: it it affects people, like, in crazy ways, like marriage equality. Mm, Okay. So when someone says marriage equality, you're probably like, yeah, we have that. Good job. Go gays. Like.
1: (laughs) Nice. Yes. (laughs) We did it.
0: Which, like, cool. Yeah. Not for everybody. Uh, Because if you are disabled, a lot of disabled people cannot get married because, of their income basically it'll take their spouse's income into account and Mm -hmm. you become too rich to use medicaid and without medicaid these treatments are just not affordable in any way like insanely not so a lot of people will just never get married or choose even like once they become disabled choose to get divorced it's super fucking sad whoa and if both partners are disabled, they get a marriage penalty, meaning that because you're a couple, you'll get less income even if, like, you have like different needs. Like, it's insane. Like, I just... Yeah. It's really fucking sad.
1: That's crazy. So what should they do about that? That sounds kind of messed up.
0: I mean, just give people more in general. <laughs> like, don't be yeah. so fucking stingy with it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think to me that that just is very clearly the downside of that welfare state of like constantly checking in on people to make sure like, we're so worried about fraud that we're really just hurting people.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I think we've said that before is like, it doesn't matter if like a few people get some extra stuff, like that's fine. If everyone gets what they need, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it it's just ridiculous that people have to go through so many hoops to get this. Like I was trying to understand this issue and it was really complicated. And like, that is the, surface level definition that i could glean from like a few articles and such but like it's a very like just navigating those systems as a disabled person seems super fucking confusing and just like time consuming
1: yes yeah it's just fucked up it is that's why we say i guess welfare isn't necessarily how we're gonna get through everything or the bourgeois. you know the, the scraps of capitalism getting enough of them that's not ultimately going to be our goal Mm Because they're always going to try to pull this. Even if we, like, win a fight and we're like, great, they're going to give us twice as much. Like, that's a good win, but they're going, you know, it's going to be a generation. And then they're going to be, like, trying to claw it back. Ronald Reagan style, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, as disabled workers are more and more, I mean, basically impoverished by their state, you know, they're trying to find work, right? And what happens? Basically what happens is, like, it's it's again, it's not like a mustache guy being like, I fucking hate people who are disabled. Like that's right. not yeah. necessarily what's going on.
1: No, not at all. Most of the time.
0: Basically the disabled people are going to be the direct producers of labor. Like they're they're the workers, right? Yeah. And if their disabilities prevent them from like basically increasing the profit for the owners, then like they're not gonna hire them. Like that's just The calculus they have to do and Mm -hmm. that's why you have small businesses like up in arms every time there's some sort of requirement dealing with disability saying like i can't afford to hire a disabled person it's like well what the fuck man
1: (laughs) uh yeah like i I was thinking that too it's like if your profits depend on you you know depend on you being being ableist (laughs) like
0: yeah, like what kind of fucking business is that? And like,
1: uh-huh.
0: I mean, same thing with like healthcare and like all that shit. Like, if you can't afford to like treat your workers with humanity, yeah, I don't think you get to have business, guys. I'm sorry.
1: Right? Yeah. Why do you get the right to do that and to to, to leech off of their profit? Because again, you're not really bringing a lot to. The, oh, you're bringing your innovation, your entrepreneurial spirit, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's not a ton in comparison to the real actual labor going into to making your shit or to producing whatever it is you produce or give, giving whatever service it is that you
0: Yeah, I don't think your like pool supply store is going to fucking change the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, ultimately, you know, you come up with your dumbass mission statement or whatever, sure, but like you're there to make profit, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just what it is.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, the discussion here is just again driving home that this is a ruthless process that, you know, that crushes people. I mean that like excludes people and then they're not like completely not cared for at all there are these welfare provisions that we were talking about but like it's it's kept to such a level because our society is so like anti-welfare pro like Mm -hmm. protestant work ethic sort of thing and i realize this is actually being very american-centric but yeah yeah that is our bias (laughs) Uh, you know we we have this like drive to everybody needs to be working just for the virtue of work mm-hmm. right? and everyone who's not needs to be poor to convince them to work. Like that's what you're shoving people toward because you know, these people who are pursuing profit and who may not individually be greedy are as business owners as a capitalist class, like they are pursuing profit and that means they need to get rid of anyone who can't produce enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And You know, they're going to either try to pay those people less or like try to get tax breaks for these kinds of things. Like they will do whatever they can to make a profit on these people who are just Mm -hmm. trying to survive because like and it's insane. Like they're trapped in this system where like basically they're trying to make little enough so they can apply for Medicaid because a lot of these a lot of people's like disabilities are so expensive to care for. Like if you need a home health care worker, like you're fucked. Like that yes. basically requires you to be on Medicaid because it is so expensive
1: mm-hmm. yeah and 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 you, and you you're limited like you said in what jobs you can take because of that
0: mm-hmm. I mean both like physically and financially you are completely limited yeah, you're basically trapped in poverty
1: and that's fucked up yeah we'll get to the alternatives like <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is too sad. hold on.
1: yes, it's not all bad.
0: I thought this next point was really interesting. The idea of this kind of fear around becoming disabled that we definitely do to people—it's real fucked up.
1: Yeah, this is um, a means of disciplining the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. Of saying, uh, you know, you better stay in line, you better do these things, and whatever. It's it's like this lingering fear, this looming fear over over workers that they could end up in this excluded in this. A, you know hyper oppressed group
0: yeah and like it talks about safety and like i mean it's very easy to skimp on that <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like it's another thing where like they're always going to put profit before people and you know i'm thinking about like harlan county usa like that uh-huh. definitely happened like some people are severely physically ill and disabled from their work
1: and that's because those You know, in that case, the coal operators and everything were cutting corners. But in any case, I mean, everybody has heard of at least or experienced a boss, a manager, somebody who, you know, didn't want to go through all the steps, Mm -hmm. didn't want to follow every single procedure because they wanted to save some time, save some money. You know, we've all been there. Yeah. And one more thing to add to that, we were talking about like, The reasons why the, you know, the government wants to keep the safety net meager, Mm -hmm. you know, another reason is, is again, that disciplining of the workforce. Like if you have a comfortable social safety net, like, hey, don't worry, man, if you you can't work, like, it's fine, you'll still get to exist. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what people are complaining about when they're like, oh, nobody wants to work or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like they need some sort of cruel compulsion to get people to go subject themselves to the tyranny of somebody and temporarily enslave themselves
0: yeah yeah it is very much this i don't want to say conspiracy (laughs) but it's this pattern of finding vulnerable people whether that's like vulnerable because like hey your land's been fucking stolen or like hey you have an illness and so you have to work to support yourself or whatever it is Mm
1: -hmm. finding
0: these desperate people to take shit conditions in their job because they need a job and then like You can exploit them because they don't have another choice.
1: Yes, yeah, and that's part of the reason why they want to keep benefits of any sort as low as can be, or tied to work, Mm -hmm. so that they can make people go and give up, surrender the their, you know, the value of their labor. That's just going to be stolen by this person.
0: Yeah, I. This is something that blew my mind recently. Not that recently, because I don't want to sound like a total dumbass. (laughs) we'll never have zero percent unemployment like that's just not a thing that will ever fucking happen Uh (laughs) and there's a reason for it we can't have that not everyone can have a job like it's just not a thing we Mm -hmm. have to be able to threaten people with unemployment yeah so that they continue to put up with bullshit.
1: the reserve army of the unemployed
0: yeah so if if anyone's ever like oh yeah they're definitely bringing down unemployment just be like how much because like it ain't gonna be all the way
1: no. And people like to say, "Oh, that's just people like switching from jobs and blah blah blah." And there may be like half a per- not not even half a percent. Oh, yeah. Also the, the stats percent.
0: the way we collect stats on that is fucked up. It's insane.
1: Yeah. No, but the real reason is they need a yeah, they need a discipline measure. They mm-hmm. need They need a, a the stick. credible threat. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing now is like, you know, <laughs> I see it in some spaces in t- in in uh teachers, you know, forums and stuff. It's like mm-hmm we need to just start like wearing jeans one day, man. Like they tell us "Oh, you're supposed to be up here in business casual. I'm like, what are you going to do, man?
0: Are you going to fire me and try to hire someone? Cause guess what? No one's out there.
1: Yeah. Like, and I think more and more, hopefully workers are kind of realizing the power that we have. Yeah. You know, collectively.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's like, what happens if we just don't show up? Yeah. (laughs) Okay this next part is insane. I keep saying that. but <laughs> So basically saying, okay, so you have this group of people who can't work and, you mm-hmm. know, they try to work and then they are discriminated against in the hiring process. And it all comes down to like, how can we turn this body of people into profit, even if we can't exploit them in the traditional sense
1: yeah that's wild because like yeah you're they are looking first to just leech your productivity right <laughs> they're just looking to make you make something that's valuable and then give you only a pittance of it mm-hmm. right that's Option what they i mean yeah that's what they're used to doing that's they're they're specialized in it they know a lot of ways to do it
0: mm-hmm. say, oh okay, man right. that didn't work
1: <laughs> yeah plan b
0: <laughs> plan b is basically like the care system, like the healthcare system. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. um, This stat was crazy. Disabled people are worth more to the GDP when occupying a bed than a home, basically. Like, people can make more money off of disabled people if they're institutionalized in some way than yes. if they're, like, living on their
1: own. Again, that medicalization we were mentioning. hmm They're saying, you, you know, you have to be treated. We have to try to make you whole again. And now they can use somebody else's you know labor they can steal their value and send them in to treat you and make money that way
0: Mm-hmm. exactly and like that's not to say that like i don't know i don't want to because when i was reading this at first i was like well medicalization like does that mean like medicine is bad like i was like what are they oh, saying yeah. here yeah i just want to clarify like that's not what that means in this reading mm-hmm. it basically is saying that like yeah you should be able to get whatever treatments you need yes but in terms of medicalization to the point of like we are trying to cure you and that is not always what the person wants or what is best for them both like financially and physically and like mm-hmm. yeah there's just there's a smart way to do it <laughs> there's a humane way to do it
1: yeah i think that in this case it's also talking about like over institutionalizing people i think for mm-hmm. a very small you know subset of people this is kind of the the best option for them but I think they're saying, like, the capitalists were kind of pushing too far in that direction just to get money.
0: Well, if you think about it, if you have a disabled family member and you're working constantly, you're not going to have time to care for them. So, like, mm-hmm. this becomes your only option. And it's an option that happens to make a fuck ton of money yes, for someone else. Yeah.
1: So in in a more just world where you could not you could just choose not to work and still be comfortable then you could like devote time that you would prefer to you know to help them and that's not for everyone either we're not saying that's the universal model like what if you're you know very not your skill set is not
0: you're not equipped for it that's okay yeah like that should still be an option but it, it's just
1: a lot of people are pressed into it
0: yeah it's just it's fucked up to make that like a profit seeking thing of like, yeah, I'll take care of your, your whoever for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next section, disability rights movements, the prospects and limitations starts talking about, okay, how have people advocated for themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. or how people advocated on their behalf. Yeah. Talking about like charitable organizations and stuff, which I thought you might like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I thought this part was great. I love the distinction between organizations that are, controlled by disabled people and ones that are run for them like that can often Turn really paternalistic. It can Mm -hmm. turn very much like we're trying to help you. We're trying to cure you You know, whatever it is and when really yeah Like if this is a movement about disabled people like disabled people should be at the center of it. No fucking shit
1: (laughs) Yes, for sure and that's, part of, that's one of the central things of the disability justice movement is they want, you know, the leadership of the most impacted people. You know, mm-hmm. they want the actual, like, ownership of that. Whereas, you know, the charitable model works very much within, like, the capitalist framework. We've talked about that in mm-hmm. our charity episode, episode 38.
0: It's a banger.
1: Yeah, rife with problems there <laughs> in, the cha- in the charitable sector. Uh, I also like here that Russell talks about the fragmentation uh, saying like, oh, yes. you, gotta, you know, you're in this disability section, so you're in this. Yeah, you're, you're, you're blind, you're deaf, society.
0: you have mental disabilities. Like, again, yeah. that increased medicalization mm-hmm. causing problems in this and, way.
1: And there's not really a need to divide up that much. Like, there should be instead, like, cross-disability solidarity. That's another big part of the modern movement is like we should, uh, all these different disabilities should be advocating together for Disability justice, like as a whole, that is not really a reason to divide up like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a queer person online, fucking yes. Oh my god, I've seen so many <laughs> bad takes in the past few months. It's just, it's just bad, guys. <laughs>
1: of like infighting amongst different. A lot of sections. infighting,
0: yeah, mm. definitely. Um, you know, there's always biphobia is a classic, always around. Um, you know,
1: mm.
0: why aren't we like? Yelling about healthcare or something, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. why are we doing this?
1: Why are we turning on each other and firing? Yeah, yeah. That, but that's because we're on the left. That's what we do.
0: <laughs> we love to infight. We we're messy bitches. <laughs> Another point that they bring up in terms of nonprofits is, that I thought was like really interesting and like mm-hmm. absolutely true is that nonprofits are often funded by the government so they can't really criticize the government too much and that kind of blew my mind i'm like oh yeah like they don't have an incentive <laughs> to change anything actually
1: <laughs> yeah if they started you know uh funding worker soviets <laughs> or uh, if they started funding uh insurrectionary anarchist activities uh
0: <laughs> or on on the flip side if the government said yeah we're gonna fund you know healthcare, guess who's out of a lot of luck all these you know advocacy groups Mm,
1: yeah they don't want things to change too much
0: Mm -hmm. they just want to like help a few individual people that they can put on their pamphlets
1: because then your gala is not going to um (laughs) what are you doing that for anymore you know
0: exactly all right yeah then we get into kind of the radical side of things
1: yeah we start talking about some actual like organizations led by run by disabled people hell yeah first one they talk about is independent living Mm-hmm. Uh, based in Berkeley, California.
0: Everything good happens in Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought it was interesting because they're they're saying you know okay well you know they were promoting the empowerment of disabled people, mm-hmm. focusing on the barriers built by the environment not Mm -hmm. the impaired people so saying like hey you know it's not our fault or anything like we're fine the way we are Mm -hmm. don't build an environment that like accepts us as people right
0: exactly Um,
1: change your society to accept everyone and not just exclude people yeah and this this, you know this movement kind of grows i thought that the author offered some interesting criticisms of it being kind of like limited
0: yeah it was talking a lot about like access basically Mm-hmm. cool you can now enter the job market good job you're you're still going to be forced to be poor because like you need your benefits so like not a lot of victory
1: it was like access to those as consumers as part of the marketplace yeah it's that's not great i mean we don't like it here either it's not to, again not to say that like you shouldn't have access to it for sure but then let's push beyond that you know mm-hmm. it's not enough again It's never enough for us. (laughs) It's
0: never enough. (laughs) You know, and like, uh, I I think I've said this before, but like, I think people can come at you very like negatively, like, what the fuck? We're trying. Like, isn't that enough? Like, and it's like, no, it's not. (laughs) And and people can view that as very negative. But for me, I view it as very positive. Like, no, we can always do better. Like, let's keep going.
1: Yeah. And I think this is one of the, I mean, this goes all the way back to all the way back to the dawn of our podcast, we're talking about, you know, the communist manifesto and saying, mm-hmm. okay, well the communists are going to be there fighting for every right for every improvement within bourgeois democracy. Sure. We're mm-hmm. going to be saying you need to make things more democratic. You need to include more people. Yes. And then we're going to turn around the next day and say, <laughs> that's not fucking enough. I know Do that deal more. that we just hammered out. Like we're no longer satisfied with it. Yeah, know, we're pushing yeah. on
0: just like that guy in harlan county said like that's that's what you do
1: exactly that was straight up tactic from the communist manifesto and that's <laughs> always we're be about. agitating yes <laughs> exactly
0: i did like the comparison from independent living and like mm-hmm. other movements basically moving it from a private trouble you know a very individualized yeah. thing of like i a
1: personal tragedy
0: Yes. It's just me.
1: Oh, look what I have to go through. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Into more of a social movement. And she makes comparisons to like the women's movement, the civil rights movement, and like the queer movement, like all of those movements, I think, had to kind of do that. Like, I think when you Mm -hmm. think of the earliest forms of those movements, a lot of them were very individualized, you know, like look at this one cool black guy who like did this amazing thing and like everyone's like, cool, good job. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. then it turned into like, okay, let's like reckon with the issue of race as a whole and like figure out what the fuck's going on here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And changing it into a social movement rather than a, an individual struggle.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like with the women's movement too, like that very much could have been like, Oh, I'm personally sad because I am home and I want a job or whatever it is. But then it turns into like, oh, why is it that like me and every other woman is at home? And, yeah. you know,
1: I'm not alone in this. There's an entire like class, entire sector of society that's feeling the same way. Lots mm-hmm. of people like me. Yeah. The author kind of leaves IELTS saying like, you know, they did some good things and stuff. They were ultimately kind of limited mm-hmm. by this bourgeois liberal sort of framework. hmm. And then they move on to talk about kind of some more radical groups. Uh, you had the the League for the Physically Handicapped. Yep. Uh, in, during the Great Depression,
0: we did some civil disobedience.
1: Yeah, yeah. Against, uh, I guess it was the Works Progress Administration.
0: Yeah, nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. I well, don't. We don't stand anybody here.
1: <laughs> That's true. <Don't, laughs> no heroes. Me. No heroes, but you don't have me as a hero. Uh, <laughs> don't stand me
0: you can stand me it's fine
1: (laughs) and then they also mention another organization the disabled in action Mm -hmm. in 1970 what were they protesting
0: oh uh nixon was going to cut disability programs because of course he was
1: (laughs) yeah nixon fucking asshole i mean most american presidents are so i mean yeah, he's just trying to fit in low bar but, uh, <laughs> but they wanted to have like an on-camera debate with him about that or whatever they were doing direct protest against that mm-hmm. uh and then uh there's also a they talk about a the most memorable moment uh being the fight for Regulations on the Rehabilitation Act being issued, which sounds kind of boring, but basically <laughs> they were making sure that it was illegal for federal agencies and, and all that to discriminate on disability. Mm-hmm. And they've been pushing the administrations, but the administrations were like, nah, you know, we don't want to do that. It's kind of <laughs> annoying. And then Carter was like, no, I'll we'll totally do it. But then he looked like he wasn't going to do it.
0: Yeah, he was stalling.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so they went out there, in, and I think it was in Berkeley. They occupied the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare building. Hell yeah. You just went in there. 25 this days. Was like,
0: this is ours now. Yeah. <laughs> For like a month.
1: <laughs> and they, I mean, they backed down. They were like, okay, okay, here you go. Regulations. Yeah. No amendments. Here you go.
0: I mean, direct action, guys. It gets shit done.
1: Yep. And I like the discussion of how that, like, Mm, the consequences of that what they Mm -hmm. learned in the process i thought that was cool
0: they basically did a lot of solidarity like across different disabilities and then Mm -hmm. also um, unions and civil rights organizations were like donating food and the black panther party was there helping out like that's what we need y'all
1: yeah cross movement organizing so it's not just your movement right and this reminded me of um Reminded me of our episode on uh, queerness and communism.
0: That's episode 27, queer theory and communism.
1: Yeah, it reminded me of, you know, the importance of kind of intersectionality and the different social movements, like all working together, because when you peel back the layers of what is actually oppressing us all, you Mm -hmm. eventually get back to capitalism.
0: I guess for me, it's like we can agree that we're all being oppressed and it's just in different ways and it's just like capitalism will find a different excuse to oppress different groups for different reasons basically Mm -hmm. like for disabled people it's like oh well you don't fit into this standard model of worker that i can just like exploit needlessly
1: and easily yeah without cost to me
0: (laughs) exactly and then you know for black people it's like well we exploited your ancestors insanely and now we're just like gonna keep you down and just like try to ignore that that ever happened Mm -hmm. you know queer people you know it's like oh you're trying to like break up the family structure can't have that no 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 (laughs) you know like so it's it's all different struggles for sure and like we should be able to acknowledge that and again acknowledge whatever privileges you have within those systems but also realize like hey it's the same guy
1: (laughs) yeah this this one guy is an asshole to all of us so it could just be like my problem with him or it could be a problem with this guy yeah yeah
0: yeah it's like we're all showing up like wait did that happen to you okay who who yeah. did it that same guy okay <laughs> let's yeah, kill him
1: <laughs> pretty pretty uh, um yeah. it's not a real guy but you, you can, can symbolically say, threaten. yeah
0: him. <laughs> i will symbolically kill capitalism the man
1: <laughs> so yeah i thought that was awesome they're working with all these different groups especially shout out to the black panthers party
0: yeah so love that
1: and then we get to kind of newer organizations as of you know for this writing it's still old for us
0: 1983
1: <laughs> yeah of the adapt and americans disabled for accessible public transit
0: now i like this one because they were described as having a dramatic flair and you know that's kind of my whole thing
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: So, yeah, they did, like, very public protests to, you know, they were originally founded to protest lack of accessible public transit. That, mm-hmm. was, that was what the A and the P and T stood for, I guess. So, yeah, they were, like, doing these really public demonstrations. But then from there, they, they moved to other issues as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, attendant services and, and things like that. Uh, also vital uh, for their community. And, again, this is um, you might not see this sort of shift. As quickly with a charitable organization who's not as in touch, you know, with what do, you know, the people we're representing need because mm-hmm. they're not made up of them. Whereas, yeah, you know, if you're advocating for yourself, you're like, okay, let's shift gears. This is what we need now. And then ultimately we get to the, what these disability rights fights end up culminating in, which is the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. Yeah. Yeah. The ADA.
0: Sorry, I'm looking at my notes here, and I just wrote gross at one point, um, and that is because there was uh, this quote, there's been a convergence of neoliberal and third-way discourses resulting in the mantra that, quote, rights entail responsibilities.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as a free right. If you exist on this world, you got to earn it
0: that's disgusting (laughs) I mean I was just thinking like would you tell like a slug that they have to earn their right to exist and absolutely yeah that's why they're also exploiting the earth because the earth doesn't just get to exist
1: (laughs) yeah and I mean that's because they see everything I mean they would say like yeah the slug does earn its right to exist because it undergoes the bitter struggle for survival and they (laughs) but they like want us to all have to do that too ugh (laughs) no
0: just leave me and my slugs alone
1: and I thought this, uh, what, do you, what do you think about this analysis of, of the Americans with Disabilities Act?
0: I mean, again, some important stuff in here, for sure. sure. Like, yeah, if you're looking within this system, which, let's be real, most people are, <laughs> it's a good idea. Like, yeah, like we shouldn't discriminate. And, yeah, we should provide for people in that way. Mm-hmm. But it really is about ending dependency and and not for, like, hey, we're doing this so, like, you can have a better life. But it's so, like, hey, you can work for us.
1: Yes, yeah. Access to exploitation. Which, again, you don't want to be not in it at all because it's worse. <laughs> I, but. And that's
0: the thing, yeah. If you have to be in the system, like, fucking, I guess, be in the system as best you can. But, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I just, I don't want to begrudge anyone for like doing what they fucking have to, to survive, you know? Oh, for sure. But, just do it guys. It we're sucks. all like,
1: we work also. Yeah. We like, also do
0: that. <laughs>
1: we're yeah. So if we're, we're not calling you a chump or we're calling ourselves chumps. Too.
0: I am like, a chump. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I thought this was a pretty good um, critique of the Americans with disabilities act in that they're saying like these, re- these are si- quasi civil rights. Mm-hmm. Kind of only as long as it's easy enough for businesses and cheap enough for the government to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it very much reminded me of like the liberal obsession with rights and those being like given to people.
1: Mm, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: Oh, thanks for the rights. Oh, yeah,
1: we, cool. at some point we won, you know, the government decided, you know what? Yeah. We're going to give rights to these people. <laughs>
0: it's insane. It's just like, who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> just to allow me to live.
1: Right. Yeah. And it talks about that. This really doesn't radically change things in terms of like the employment rate.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I wanted to kind of update these numbers that they have here. Oh,
0: yeah. Give me because these were pretty crazy on their own. So what are the new ones?
1: Well, they're not radically different is the thing. So uh, at some point they talk about 79 percent of disabled people prefer to work, but only 27.6 percent were employed. In 2018, the number is 37% are employed.
0: And this this is disabled people?
1: Yes. Okay. 37% of disabled people are employed by, you know in 2018. So
0: Wow. Okay. Pretty
1: recently. Uh, and the poverty rate described oh, as God. three times as likely to be in poverty. It's similar to that. It's 26% in 2018 uh, versus what uh, was 10% for the rest of the population.
0: Wow. It didn't do what it was supposed to do.
1: And meanwhile, all the businesses were fucking whining about it, dude. They were all like, "Oh my gosh, oh, we can't do this. <laughs> the world's going to end."
0: There's a basically like a clause in there saying that they didn't want to cause, quote, undue hardship for businesses, and that's how they get away with shit. And so, apparently, Of the more than 1,200 cases filed under Title I of the ADA from 1992 to 1998, employers prevailed 92% of the time. Cool law you guys got. Great, effective law.
1: That's like, you know, slightly better (laughs) chances than like convicting a cop, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah no and literally the the like the next sentence this professor from ohio state law uh ruth colker concludes that quote only prisoner rights cases fare as poorly wow yeah <laughs> which like those should also do better but like wow
1: sure but i mean capitalism's treating both like shit Mm-hmm. they're saying these prisoners we've got them in one place but we've got these people prisoners in society at large
0: Yeah, yeah, we can make money off of them if they're, you know, in prison, if they're at home, you know, paying a ridiculous amount for health care, if they're institutionalized in, like, a nursing home or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. so, you know, clearly it didn't help enough, and you still had the businesses whining about, oh, this is going to cost us so much money and all this, and I don't know, I guess even with a perfect ADA, right, if you imagined Mm -hmm. the perfect solution, within capitalist society overall, we're still going to go back to our main points that like, there's still going to be unemployment. Mm -hmm. There's still going to be exploitation. It's just going to be like equally distributed now. Right. So disabled people and non-disabled people are still going to have like the same, you know, they're just going to be impacted by those things equally instead, which those things still suck. And we need to like move past them.
0: Yeah. I guess that's my maybe confusion or like, primary question to to capitalists it's just like what's your ideal because your ideal is pretty shitty for a lot of people like i guess i just am confused Mm. as to how people think that's okay because like even if again because again you're not going to have zero percent unemployment that's just like not a thing so what is your solution you know like
1: right (laughs) yeah if you think that everyone has to work to like prove their worth as a person but not everyone can yeah it's they don't and they're just going to be like shrug your shoulders that's just how it is man that's
0: how it is yes they're going to be like i'm sorry i'm too realistic yeah (laughs) fuck you (laughs) we're getting mad at this imaginary person
1: (laughs) well if only they were only imaginary
0: (laughs) they're not they're in my dms they're terrible (laughs)
1: uh all right then we get to the conclusion
0: yeah i liked this quote well, this Aberley guy says, <laughs> suggests that we abandon the notion that production be at the center of any new conceptualization of utopia. And I like that.
1: <laughs> you know, it's a fair point. Is like, you know, we can get a little, produ- as socialists, sometimes we can get a little productionist in terms of, especially that social stage, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, from each according to their ability to each according to their uh, contribution. It's not all about working.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so we've done a lot of a lot of shit talking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and a, a lot of repeating ourselves maybe. Sorry if we did that too much, but hopefully mm-hmm. you got our main points from that.
0: <laughs> you know, the real answer is hopefully Christine edited this to be like decent. <laughs> make it
1: workable, please. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, let's get into what we could do. Let's let's talk solutions.
1: Well, I don't know. I thought this was the way it was. Isn't this just the way it has to be? There's no alternative, right?
0: My good friend, have you heard the good word of socialism?
1: Ah, socialism, that (laughs) boogeyman. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Let's let's dive into what might be the socialist alternative to the capitalist hellscape we now inhabit.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. Um, Bottom line here, you'll be taken care of, which would be great. And not taken care of with the quotation marks around it in a mobster way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sleep with the fishes.
0: (laughs) But yeah, basically, instead of saying, like, you know, you have to produce this for us or you're not worthy as a human. It's like, all right, you're a human. You're worthy. Mm -hmm. We're still going to try to produce some stuff because we're not like in utopia yet. But like, it's okay if you can't.
1: Yes. Yeah. And maybe so, you know, maybe I was unfairly maligning our own side as being workerist or whatever or productionist by saying you know that's that socialist stage where you have to work to produce but there is i mean the important first part of that phrase right from each according to their ability
0: that's the thing
1: the big thing is that we're going to be shifting from prioritizing profit to prioritizing human needs
0: yeah definitely we're not just like doing this so we can like (laughs) sit on our yachts and go to fucking space in a dick rocket and, you know, all those ridiculous <laughs> things.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that that makes, that's an important shift in terms of disability because the disabled are no longer an inconvenience mm-hmm. to the system that has to figure out, ah, uh, what, what do we do? You know, how can we make disabled people stop whining at us as cheaply as possible?
0: Yeah. Or how can we like exploit them for money? Like, right in a medical yeah.
1: sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can we get something from them? Uh, but instead, we're ne- disabled people are now one of the integral constituents that the system is designed to serve.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like you're fine. You're taken care of. It doesn't yeah. matter.
1: You're, you're good. human with everyone else, and society's now geared toward how can we make sure everybody has what they need? How can we solve all of our problems together collectively? Not how can we exploit some for the benefit of others
0: yes yes and now we can like stop the planet from catching on fire that'd be cool
1: and a a beneficial side effect
0: (laughs) (laughs) bonus no devastation on the planet that'd be great okay so uh let's talk about an example perhaps
1: and you know maybe not a perfect example nobody's perfect
0: you know no heroes except for me um (laughs) let's talk about
1: cuba all right. I've been hearing a lot of things about Cuba lately. <laughs> um,
0: don't, doesn't everyone hate it there and they wish they were in America?
1: That's, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that they're <laughs> trying to do all this stuff. Do you want to just kind of briefly touch on this?
0: Let's play a game that we used to play on road trips, which is where I just sit down. You know, <laughs> We get on the highway and then I ask you a big question. Great. What the fuck is going on in Cuba right now?
1: <laughs> all right. So here's the deal there are protests and things there have been protests and things i'm not sure mm-hmm. if they're happening today or what by the time we release going on in cuba mm-hmm. because they're facing mm, hardships they uh don't have a lot of supplies they don't have a lot of things that they need like material goods you know
0: why is that
1: there's there's this tiny little thing you see uh, <laughs> just a small kind of hiccup in the system called the decades-long U.S. embargo of Cuba.
0: Oh, so it's our fault.
1: Uh, you know that meme with the guy, like, shooting the guy in the chair? Then why, yeah, would, yeah. why would the Cuban dictatorship do this? Yes, That's yes. That's kind of what's going on. Cause like, okay, first of all, let's back up. First of all, if you are a leftist of any stripe, you really need to be against the u.s and its allies intervening in cuba mm-hmm. first of all i mean like easy call but like you still yeah. see that some in some spaces people being like if you're
0: oh. leftist in general you should probably just be against the united states in general it's a bad one
1: yeah and and you should be against like imperialist aggression and this blockade is part of that this this you know oh blockade embargo whatever it's part of that mm-hmm. sure you can have like criticisms of I don't like that the Cuban government did this or that or whatever. For example, they got special Mm -hmm. forces there and, 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 you know, police and stuff going around. That's not great. And people are saying, oh, they did this to the protesters or whatever. And we don't have, like, large-scale versions of that. But to whatever extent it's occurring, like, you can have criticisms for sure.
0: Yeah, nobody's perfect.
1: And you call that critical support. Like, Mm. you you know, you want to be for people trying to build socialism and determining their own path. But like, you don't have to like everything they do don't have heroes again. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: But the embargo is not the way to handle that. Right. Like that's, what's Mm -hmm. causing so much suffering. There's chronic shortages of, of everything. People, you know, don't have what they need and people are dying from that. People have been dying for a long time from that. Um, It's barbaric and it needs to go.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, everything... And we've mentioned this before, too. Everything Cuba's achieved, it's been with, like, one hand tied behind their back. Because they don't have supplies from the United States. Which, like, they need. They they are a small island. They cannot produce everything they possibly need.
1: Yeah, for sure. And so people are, like, protesting because they're they're suffering. You know, because they're dealing with all this. And they're protesting, like, try to fix something, government. Mm-hmm. And, and And I think some people are saying you know maybe change the leadership change people in government or you know maybe some people are saying like change major government policies you probably Mm -hmm. have some people saying like change the government system itself yeah it's a large you know there's 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 lots of people involved so like who knows what all feelings are out there
0: and i think We also have to take whatever media is happening right now, like with a big old, not a grain, I would say a tablespoon of salt.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you see anything from like the Miami Herald, its opinion column is like run by the Cuban exile community, apparently pretty much like it's just completely like, why don't we go invade pretty much almost. Mm -hmm. um, But you don't see uh, uh, very many people in Cuba uh, clamoring for the U.S. to go overthrow their government or
0: Call, mm-hmm. calling
1: for uh, U.S. firms to come in. and
0: They're not like, please come colonize us.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. They're not really interested in going back to work on a U.S.-owned sugar plantation. But yeah, you wouldn't understand that from the American press. We're really <laughs> very... I mean, like NPR, when this stuff first kicked off, they did something on, you know, where they interviewed this professor about like, what's the situation in Cuba or whatever, and it was just like, all this kind of pro-Cuban exile mm-hmm. outlook and everything and saying, oh, it's been mismanaged and, and all these sorts of things and people really want the corrupt dictatorship, you know, and all these sorts of things. But, like, nobody could manage this situation very well if they were in it, I don't think. Like,
0: I don't <laughs> think so. They're working from a huge disadvantage. Like, I just don't see how that's <laughs> feasible.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: And even then, like the accomplishments they still have made are very impressive you know yes. like the the literacy the healthcare, the we're about to talk about the disability rights mm-hmm. oh the fact that they made up their own vaccine you know yeah <laughs> like the fact that they are able to accomplish any of that at all
1: yeah uh, it's it's impressive uh, it, but they're still hampered like you know the vaccine for example they can't get it out to people because the u.s has uh, embargo on like syringes and medical equipment uh, mexico's oh actually God. said that they're going to send stuff over to cuba
0: I saw that, and that was great. Go, yes. Mexico.
1: more countries need to do that, need to stand up to the United States and say, you know what, whatever, who cares, fuck you.
0: Yeah, people are fucking dying, like, eat shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. So again, you don't have to personally agree with everything Cuba does. You can say, oh, I want more uh, internal democracy or whatever.
0: Like, sure, yeah, I want that too. Yeah,
1: have whatever opinion you want about it. You know, I have, you know, my opinions of what I hope that they do. Uh, but ultimately, I want it to be up to the Cuban people. I mean, even if they're like, fuck it we want to go to capitalism i don't like that but like
0: uh, (laughs) not my favorite choice but okay
1: if uh, i don't i don't want the united states to be deciding what cuba does
0: yeah and you know by upholding this embargo and spreading these like sentiments like they're definitely doing that like it's an interventionist policy and it fucking sucks
1: yes yeah now (laughs)
0: <laughs> Back to what Back we were going to gonna talk about example. originally. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I found this article talking about somebody's trip to Cuba, um, a disabled person's trip, and basically they're like, it was like really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like widespread access to things, they were they were treated like a just a person, mm-hmm. a human, part of the community or part of you know part of their groups community rather. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Like and that the cuban government is really about like community-based services and like you know they have healthcare. wow that's cool yep emphasis on family involvement and increased access to jobs and resources and just like it sounds pretty good
1: (laughs) yeah and i like that it was participatory Mm -hmm. like they have large disabled organizations that are like on par with labor unions there
0: yeah and they're like run by disabled people
1: yes yeah yeah you know, it's it's direct democracy and people you know again when they're saying oh cuba's is this dictatorship whatever and it is a single party state mm-hmm. but like within the communist party you have more of like a direct democracy now, i don't have any personal experience with this this is just from what i've read mm-hmm. but like you can participate in the party at the local level and like basically choose you know pick your leaders and become your leaders yourself like within the party structure
0: yeah and like there's still going to be subgroups like in this example They talk about a hearing impaired group Mm -hmm. that convinced the government to introduce a signing system in schools like that's huge.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, you're not donating some money so someone can get a lobbyist to go tell somebody (laughs) to do this thing like you yourself are taking part of the political process. I guess that's why I bring the party part up is like it's a different form of democracy than where you you know we're used to electoralism Mm -hmm. go take care of the problems for me but this is more participatory at the local level and then kind of building your way up to the national level
0: and i think too we were talking about how basically strapped everyone is for you know avoiding poverty yeah time money just mental health in general if you're in a system where your basic needs are taken care of you're gonna have more time and energy for that kind of stuff like I can't imagine you know going out and trying to fucking make real change in this current capitalist system. that's very hard to do,
1: yeah, yeah I, mean, I
0: should do it, but people don't,
1: <laughs> sure, we're just we're squeezed, yeah, you know? yeah, and in a socialist society, you wouldn't have uh that situation, not to say you wouldn't work or do anything, but like you would have more free time because. Society is not about how much extra shit can we pile up so that some rich asshole can do something stupid with it. It's about how can we make sure everyone has what they need to Mm be, like, complete as a human.
0: Yeah, which obviously, as we've seen in Kiba, is still hard to do, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's hard to do when the global hegemon is, like, looming (laughs) over you saying, we're about to kill you, you know?
0: Yeah, honestly, the fact that they're, like, 90 miles from the United States and have done this well is shocking.
1: Yeah, and again, just... You know, sometimes people can't grasp this. It's hard to grasp because embargo sounds kind of clean and kind of like nonviolent. It sounds
0: very diplomatic.
1: It's violence. It's hurting people every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of a tangent. We might cut it. (laughs) I watched the first episode of Voyager last night. Have you seen it? Uh huh.
1: The one where they get thrown out in the first place? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they encounter this like alien who's, they call him the caretaker. And he's like this... Basically, super advanced race. So he's like a blob guy. They eventually find out, but he's taking care of this planet because he feels bad because he accidentally like destroyed their planet, like ecosystem. Oh, and they yeah. live underground, and he's like supplying them with power and all this shit. And they like forget how to do stuff and become really dependent on him. And then he realizes he's dying. And then I don't. Know, at the end, I got really mad because like the captain was like, "Well, I'm going to destroy the thing because like they need to figure out." Uh-huh. like how to live on their own because because yeah. another like the surface people that still survived were trying to take over it and she's like well i can't let them destroy those people i'm like those people didn't have the caretaker like fuck you you're by destroying this thing you were taking it away from them too <laughs> you know
1: Whoa, like yeah. she
0: thought she was being all like not interventionalist or whatever but like ugh, just well, she's me meddling
1: really directly yeah yeah, yeah absolutely it's anyway. not really prime directive
0: yeah and also this thing could have gotten her home and she just like made that decision for everybody whatever sorry <laughs> kind of a tangent there <laughs> i'm still yeah, deciding but, on whether or not janeway is um a little bit rakenish
1: so, Ooh, okay when was voyager
0: it was um 2000
1: okay interesting
0: anyway interesting episode <laughs> well, we might we'll have that. to
1: do like a star war a star trek breakdown
0: i really want that. to do a star trek episode
1: Let's say eventually the time comes. <laughs> Socialism, whether that's through a worker state, mm-hmm. we abolish the old state, we bring in the worker state, mm-hmm. or we do like an anarchist, like yeah. loose federation thing, and then we develop from there. Yeah. Eventually, we move on towards, you know, the communists move on to actual communism.
0: Yeah. We make our first replicator. <laughs> yes we can move forward
1: or eco we Mm. learn to use less
0: oh yeah we go full like agricultural
1: pastoralism (laughs) well it doesn't have to be like rudimentary but like we find ways to conserve more and you know yeah definitely the earth's bounds
0: yeah that'd be great too yeah so basically we're talking you know luxury gay space communism of some stripe we know that's like eco communism could be anarcho-communism star trek
1: that's for the future to figure out, right?
0: Yes, Star Trek, but less military, hopefully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yes, for sure. Definitely. Um, Although I can, I can dig the uh, uniforms.
0: I do love a jumpsuit. <laughs> I look great in a jumpsuit. Anyway, so we're there. We're in utopia. What does disability look like? Um, and I think it just looks like bodies that are taken care of, and again, not just valued for labor and Mm -hmm. even less so now because it's like we're good we don't like we're not struggling for survival anymore so you can kind of just do what you want right
1: (laughs) yeah valued um not in spite of but because of
0: Mm -hmm. you know who you are yeah
1: disabled whatever identities you have we're all part of you know this rich varied human tapestry at that point you know we're we're all together in the unity of mankind basically hippie shit
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Sounds great. See, we got to the happy part eventually. Yes. But yeah, I, I like that idea of, I mean, that idea in general, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but no, I, I like the idea of um, being valued not in spite of, but because of. That's a very important narrative for me, because I, yeah. I think that as someone who's like slightly outside the <laughs> this is heteropatriarchy, it is, I think, yeah, that initial struggle, like when I think back to my first days of like college feminism or like the body positive movement, the initial struggle is always about how can I fit into this? How can I say like, yeah, I am as tough as a guy or, um, yeah, I am sexy even though I'm fat. And it, it, Mm. you start there and like, that's an important building block for a lot of people. Yeah. But for a lot of people, that's where they stop. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, I think coming to terms with what's beyond that has helped immensely saying like, wait, why do I, like, have to be sexy? Or, like, why do I – what is the value of masculinity? Like, what is the value of, you know, being super productive and hustle culture-y? And, like, all those things, just taking a step back and Mm, be like, but why, though?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think that's what, like – that's what they're talking about here in in the article that Mm -hmm. we read – was like, you start with rights and inclusion and mm-hmm. you move to. Like,
0: I'm just as good as so-and-so. And then it's like, why yeah. do I want to be just as good as so-and-so? So-and-so kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Why
1: well, do I want to be in the system that exploits me like it exploits me? Like, yeah. let's move past that.
0: Same you know? with like gay marriage. It's like, yeah, I love being married. It's like one of my favorite things. But at the same time, it's like, I can recognize how that can be a harmful and like perpetuating a nuclear family. And like all these systems that are like, not so great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, our I think our main theme today was it's not enough. Like
0: Not enough. <laughs> stay angry. <laughs> yeah. Could be better.
1: Keep fighting for more even the day after you just got a big victory.
0: Never give a five-star <laughs> review. Always save that last star. There you go. <laughs> Until I see a replicator that doesn't fuck up the environment, I'm always going to give four stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, do replicators actually mess with the environment? I don't
0: know. It's never really addressed.
1: They probably have quasi-infinite energy or can build a Dyson. Sphere we got to do a deep so. dive
0: Star Trek episode. I'm ready. <laughs> All
1: right. So, yeah, before we get into, like, the end of the show, uh, I did want to kind of take a moment to kind of point people uh, in the right direction or in a direction. There may be way more directions. There's probably a lot. Uh, but it towards some resources in terms of, like, learning more about the disability justice movement uh, today. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they can do uh, specifically like radical, you know, or not, you know, these kind of liberal reformist sorts of things.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you got?
1: And this is not comprehensive. This is just, you know, a little bit out there uh, that I found. Uh, but there's a few that are based in cities called disability justice collectives. Okay. In New York City, Seattle, Vancouver. They probably have them in more locations as well. Uh, but they follow what are called like the 10 principles of disability justice, which is kind of what we're talking about in terms of like intersectionality, leadership by disabled people, all that sort of stuff, cross movement, cross disability, and anti-capitalist. Sounds great. Um, so yeah, these are, are guys that you want you would want to, people that you would want to check out. There's like kind of an artist's collective um, of disabled people called Sins Invalid. Ooh, okay. Uh, that is kind of a part of this, disability justice network. Okay. So I found their work pretty interesting and there's, you know, of course different, uh, they've got a lot of different, you know, creators involved in that space that I think is, um, that I think would be cool to check out. So if you, you know, if you go toward any of those and, and kind of explore, you can see some more, some more of what we've been talking about and ways to, you know, if you're a disabled person or if you just want to be an ally to them, ways to get involved in that.
0: Hell yeah. All right. What are we doing next week?
1: Uh, Next week, we're going to open up the mailbag for a listener Q&A.
0: Yes. Send us questions. Try to take a look through the backlog first.
1: Because we might get repeats.
0: We might get some repeats. Uh, Generally, episode titles will tell you what we're talking about.
1: Except for Q&As. You have to actually go look at the questions.
0: Yeah. I think in the description, we try to kind of notate what we're talking about. I think so. (laughs) Give us feedback on this, too, because, again, we were kind of just researching this True. one from scratch. So Yeah,
1: point us toward resources um, that could be helpful. Hopefully, we included. Hopefully, we did an okay job. Yeah,
0: him. yeah. I think we did this more of like a, a theory kind of episode of just like, hey, what's fucked up? And like, what could be better?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then definitely an introduction for us, too. Mm-hmm. So we want to learn a lot more about this as we go forward. We don't want this to be like a side project or a... An addendum to the overall leftist movement.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. If you're wondering, hey, Christine, how do I send you these questions? And Grady, I guess. Whatever. I'm the one that handles the social media. I'm the addendum. (laughs) I'm the one who handles our communication. So you will technically be sending them to me. That's fine. Grady will see them too. If you're like, hey, I want to send a question for this. Where do I go? You can go to our social media. That's Twitter at teach communism, Instagram at teach me communism. You can send us an email, teach me communism at gmail.com. Send those questions, suggestions for future episodes, feedback on any other episodes, yeah, all that stuff. And also, you can and should leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to help people find the show. And it makes me feel good. So do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's what it's all about, really, is it really is. human needs, including Christine's need for validation.
0: Thank you. <laughs> We're on YouTube. If that's how you like to listen to podcasts or if you know somebody, like, that's their jam, do that and we have a patreon patreon.com slash teach me communism and that's where for five bucks a month you get access to all of our notes um this week it was a shared doc between me and grady and then you will get my like highlighted notes of the reading you also get access to the backlog pretty handy
1: uh yeah no it's a great resource go back there check out all that stuff and uh put some of your money toward uh your comrades in the form of mutual aid
0: we'll give it to mutual aid so
1: (laughs) yes That's going to mutual aid, not to us. Well, thanks for uh, doing this reading with me and and kind of taking our first toe dip into (laughs) this larger topic that we really need to, you know, understand is just central, I guess, to our intersectional uh, leftist struggle against capitalism.
0: Yeah, man. All about that solidarity.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, Listeners, thanks for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Uh, Check us out next week on another episode of Teach Me Communism, where Mm. the class struggle is always in session. Bye. Goodbye.